it's Gilbert Gottfried. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, your go-to podcast on old things mining. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined by my longtime friend, Professor Navid Moshtabai from New Mexico Tech. Navid, how are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good, good. Then uh, we're recording this during the pandemic, and hopefully your life isn't too interrupted by all of that. Well, nothing worse than most other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're all learning some lessons and some things will stick with us after the pandemic. I think we're gonna have quite a few more remote meetings than we did previously, but not not every meeting can be remote. Yeah, no, we are doing practically everything. All the meetings have been remote and most of the classes are online. We still do some uh, face-to-face. Um, I decided to switch one of my classes to face-to-face because I had only four students in it. So hmm. in a classroom, we could have a sufficient distance between all of us. Yeah. And the students were very happy to uh, switch. You know, they jumped on it. Oh, good. Yeah. But um, the, <clears throat> it's very challenging, actually. You know, I always believed that online teaching is never as good as you know, live and face-to-face teaching. And uh, last semester, we did everything online. And the percentage of students uh, failing or getting uh, grades of D Mm. withdrawing doubled. Wow. Doubled last semester. Yeah. And then for the instructors, it was also challenging. Um, in my classes, I don't think I managed to cover everything that I normally could cover in regular uh, teaching. Huh. I managed to cover the minimum that you know would be required for the students to move on to the next yes. class. Yeah. Uh, we had quite a few uh, students, especially freshmen who started last fall. Um, decided not to come back and they all say we just mm. gonna wait until you know all the classes uh, become live so it's been it's been challenging um, so <clears throat> it's, I'm, I, I believe that it's across all universities it's not just unique to us oh yeah I imagine. but yeah, yeah but, you know I can imagine and I feel sorry for even high school kids you know yeah. it's even harder for them and in a small community like ours that majority of people are not wealthy they even don't have computers at home or nothing you know to be able to mm-hmm. that was a big issue for some of the families right here. right yeah right yeah. Hmm. but you know this is going to be with us for a while and we just have to learn how yeah to it, yeah you know, just have to you know 
beginning of this semester in classes, I told my students, I said, all right, last semester, we all had an excuse not to do well, but yeah. you're not going to be using that as an excuse anymore. We just have to yeah. work harder and uh, just take it as it is. You know, we just can't do less because of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think there's some things that'll stick with us. Like you, when we go back to normal, you can take a vacation and still teach classes remotely. Um, yeah, actually, you know, if I want to look at this positively now, I am learning how to do these courses online. Yeah. And uh, as you know, you know, we have started a new PhD program and majority of it is going to be online. So it was a good excuse for us to practice. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, say, oh, yeah, we can do it. You know, sometimes I keep saying, hey, this is nice. I can just go to Bahamas and... Uh, my teaching <laughs> yeah. if i get if i get service on the beach it would be nice you know just <laughs> teach my classes yeah. from there yeah exactly yeah but you know for everything you know we always have to look for the positive side of it so you know we have to learn something from everything not just uh, yeah exactly so. exactly there's there's definitely key takeaways and there's going to be some stuff that we drop like a hot potato and some stuff that we retain but then you know now everybody might think okay so why do we have to have a meeting in a big room just do the meeting zooms yeah you know actually the meetings work just as good doing zoom rather than being in a big room and uh, you know you can yeah i find that if people have their cameras turned on it seems like you get better um, attention paid to the meeting, where if somebody has a camera turned off, they're obviously, you know, what, what they might call multitasking or, or not. Well, uh, I am one of those who always turn the camera off. <laughs> <laughs> not as Sometimes not as I the... admit I do multitasking, <laughs> but then um actually sometimes with a camera on especially people who are like at home or far away yeah internet connection gets bad yeah when i'm at the overloads yeah yeah, especially here we don't have a very good um internet system so we always like in my classes i tell the students you know turn the camera off yeah of course tell them have the microphone off too because i can't hear them you know having potato chips when they are or the dog barks and, yep. uh, yeah. you know but you know I, I turn the camera off because you know I can just you know scratch my nose or do anything like that nobody sees it <laughs> yeah well, well it's, it's interesting because a few months ago I gave a keynote lecture to the Catholic University in Lima and it was a whole bunch of silence and microphones and me just talking into a camera and it was really strange because there was absolutely no feedback at all. Well, yeah. I get that problem in my classes. Yeah. I keep forcing them. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Navid, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background. Well, I am um, originally from Iran. I came mm-hmm. to U.S. when I was 17, finished high school in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And I searched for uh, different mining uh, schools and... I landed in New Mexico Tech and I got my bachelor's and master's in yeah. mining engineering. And we were 
same time, I think you were a geological engineer. Uh, that was my second degree. My first one was in mining engineering. Okay, you did too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you were in a different uh, category than me. You were one of the ones that got good grades and paid attention. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think you have all the data. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I was always quiet and yeah, you know, but um, I wasn't really one of those students that would work hard for grade only. So I wasn't really a great chaser or whatever you want to <laughs> call it, but I did well, you know, I yeah. think I've gone and uh, did my master's here. And my research was uh, focused on explosives engineering. I did rock fragmentation mm. and did all my experiments uh, with Dr. Kathy Amini, you probably remember. Yeah. And I did all my testing at the uh, Explosives Research Center on campus. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, kind of interesting. Then, yeah. you know, that was when I graduated in 84. I don't know um, how your experience was, but the job market was really bad. Mine very was bad, really, very bad, yeah. probably the worst times uh, ever. So my timing was really bad. When I started, mining was one of the most popular and demanding and when i graduated it was least yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. popular and demanding <laughs> yeah. i always tell the students you know or potential students you know always come to mining when you have the course because by the time yeah. you graduate then you're on the beach right the yeah unfortunately it always works the other way when it's going yes you have like to gangbusters you know, we're always trying to get people in and yeah, yeah so you have to inverse your cycle yeah. the cycle of the market yeah so yeah. you <laughs> Anyway, and uh, for one year, I was kind of looking around for jobs, and uh, then I decided to continue my PhD and went to University of Arizona, did my PhD in mining, mm -hmm. and also yeah. the study I did was um, rock fragmentation blasting in an operating mine in oh, okay. huh. Arizona, Yeah, and just study fragmentation, and I <clears throat> graduated in December, no, actually, I was recruited by New Mexico Tech oh. to come back, oh. and I didn't think twice. You know, yeah. I, you know, as soon as I, actually, Kathy, the department chair, called me. I said, "Hey, you know, we have this position. Why don't you apply?" <laughs> <laughs> so I, huh. I didn't think twice because, you know. I knew what a great place it is. I knew that I got a good education here. And, mm -hmm. I, and uh, I still was writing my thesis, actually, but I uh, started teaching in January mm. 1990. Mm. So I have been at New Mexico Tech teaching for 31 years now. Yeah. Huh. And I, so I directly went from, from school to, to academia. So, and uh, I've been teaching Practically any course that is related to mining, I have yeah. touched on everything. Uh, for a while, I was teaching five classes a semester hmm. and then managed to hire a new faculty, uh, which was nice because the position is funded by uh, mining industry, by Freeport. Oh. Oh. It gave us a large endowment, so that has been uh, really good. Oh, and uh, been department chair for gee, I've lost track of years, hmm. um, more than twenty years. Mm -hmm. I think they have given me the lifetime membership <laughs> of being a department chair. So I'm desperately looking for a replacement because yeah. 
I am getting very close to uh, retirement. Hmm. I, you know, I've been on five more year plan last five years. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, uh, I think, yeah, 2025 is is the number. Uh, huh. I have two kids and both my uh, kids, they uh, stayed here and went to tech. Um, hmm. Yeah, my son is graduating in, in May and my daughter with her master's in May and she wants to continue PhD. And wow. So wow. they have done very well. Yeah. Wow. So very they are, exciting. They didn't even consider going anywhere else. When they were young, they kept saying, yeah, we want to go to school here. So it was nice. That's and, very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and again, in terms of the kind of research I've done, really, you know, I started to be the blasting expert, you know, explosives. Hmm. <laughs> but I haven't done much recently. It's yeah. just a matter of what is out there and what you, you know, I, I have done research on environmentals, on tailings dams, on underground mining, on... Mm-hmm. Uh, related to rock slope stability, um, mineral evaluation, geostatistics. Mm. Mm. Um, did a big project on abandoned mine lands in New Mexico. And so I've been touching on, on almost everything. <laughs> I haven't done any much consulting. Um, I have done small that started as consulting and I always tell them that um, I want to do it through university. So I have done work for as a as a consultant, as an evaluator, reviewer for website. That's the waste isolation pilot plant here in um, Carlsbad, New Mexico, that they store low-level radioactive uh, material. I've done few with them. Uh, the international. Um, IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, they have approached me to help them with writing uh, their, um, they call them their, there's like a manual for training of their inspectors. You know, it was really nice. They, I went to Vienna, <laughs> joining their, uh, joining their meetings. It was a great ex- experience. And they called us again, just a couple of weeks ago and want us to do again but unfortunately, all the meetings are going to be Zoom. <laughs> no meeting in Vienna because of the pandemic. So <laughs> I wasn't excited about that. So this small type of work I have done, but um, again, I don't you know, like to do big time consulting. I just don't want to chase um, clients and and I like everything go through university, so I don't have to worry about the insurance and all of those things. So, yeah. Oh, your microphone is off. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding as a consultant that there are a lot of things that you have to uh, look after. I just got something from the state of Colorado saying I have to file quarterly unemployment insurance reports. Yeah. So, so if I ever fire myself, I can collect unemployment from me. <laughs> so there's always something. There's always something, and for sure, the 
insurance yeah, is Yeah, when not, I tell uh, people, you know, my friends, oh, I'm thinking about retirement, and they immediately response, oh, you want to do consulting? I said, no, if I want a job, I have a job. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I always say, you know, I want to have an irresponsible life. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to be responsible for, you know, anybody else. You know, yeah. The time I spend now is mostly I'm doing things for other people, you know, but I just want to have time to go travel. And uh, I'd like, I would like to continue teaching, you know, maybe part time here at Tech. And one thing I like to do is during the years, I've established really good contacts with some uh, universities in other countries, mm -hmm. uh, especially South America. Okay. You mentioned yeah. uh, Catholica. Uh, we have very close. Uh, contacts with them. I have mm -hmm. done um, several short courses for them, went there and yeah. in one trip um, funded by uh, Fulbright and oh. uh, went there and they requested, they invited me to help them with their accreditation process. Oh, that's great. And because they go through U.S. Uh, accreditation. Ah, and I have done yeah. a bunch of these short courses in Colombia with the National University of Colombia, and we have established close contacts with universities in Mexico. Oh. Uh, in Ghana, actually, uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, with the president and the group, we went to Ghana, um, made uh, sign agreements with a couple of universities there. We get a lot of graduate students from there. Yeah. And we get a lot of graduate students from uh, South America as well. Right. But that's something that I'm considering doing it. Just go there. You know, I won't even ask them to pay me, just cover my expenses. You know, I do it for free. Huh. Because I just, you know, retirement you're supposed to enjoy, you know. So yeah. that's <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> plan anyway. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> good good for you. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Um so oh, some time back you switched your um program from being mining engineering and metallurgical engineering to a mineral process? No. No, no. What it was, well, it was mining and geological engineering. Ah, yeah. And that was our times. When I started, we still had mining and geological engineering. Yeah. What happened was that uh, that happened before I, I arrived. Uh, we lost accreditation. Mm -hmm. for both programs well, okay huh. and then those again were the times that the administration was putting a lot of pressure on us being a small department and yeah. there was a time they even wanted to close the program of course at new mexico tech you know they cannot close mining yeah it's in the school's charter you know yeah. they, you know that's it's good to have that as a backup Mm -hmm. But um, the ABIT at the time, you know, their process was very different and they were requiring minimum of so many faculty. In order to keep two programs, we had to add seven faculty. Oh, and wow. at the time we had um, five and one was leaving. So we barely had. Um, so it was really, um, it was five of us and we couldn't support two, two programs. Mm -hmm. so administration came to us, you got to do something about it, you know, either yeah. this or that. And we didn't want to lose both because we felt that we were really strong in both. 
um, mm-hmm. programs. Right. So we came up with the idea: why don't we combine the two? So make some kind of a hybrid uh, program. And um, we didn't want to call it mining engineering because we had so much of geological engineering in it. We didn't want to call it geological engineering because we had so much of a mining. So we came up with the name mineral engineering. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's a hybrid. So we kept a lot of the components of the geological engineering. It is more focused to mining, but um, our graduates, I want to say 70, 80% of them go into mining industry. Yeah. The rest go into um, geotechnical, geomechanical, uh, civil construction type consulting companies. And we have a very strong um, components in geotechnical engineering. We are, and again, we consider ourselves as a mining program. If mm-hmm. I were to put a keyword yeah. defining our department, it would be mining. And we are the only mining program in the whole country uh, that our students have to take soil mechanics, they have to take foundations engineering, and uh, find themselves in advantage actually that, um, especially our graduates, program is very focused on that. Some of the uh, mining companies, majority of their tailings um, engineers are our students oh. because they have a very strong, uh, they understand soil mechanics. <laughs> That's yeah, right. That, you, know, you need to, to understand, you know, when it comes to a lot of uh, other issues. So we have made it a little bit more broad and the our students have opening to really uh, it's the same thing with our graduate program our graduate program is very focused on geotechnical geomechanical exploration and now we started a new specialization in health and safety where uh, our new faculty focuses on that and he's been able to support a lot of students quite a few of our undergraduates uh, going into industry our uh, have PEs in civil engineering. So that okay. it tells yeah. you how uh, practical and how diverse our program is. Quite a few of our uh, master's students have gone to other schools and getting their PhDs or got their PhDs in civil engineering. Yeah. And some even nice. to mechanical engineering. So that's, that I think is one of our strengths uh, when you know, in the last few ABET, again, we are accredited. You know, that was only the time we lost it in 90. But after mm-hmm. that, we have gone through five, four accreditations, and there is another one coming up soon. And we are, you know, we have passed the accreditation with almost easily safe flying colors. Yeah. And they always write down one of the strengths is this diverse program that we have. And, uh, you know, we are able to target a wider range of uh, potential students. Yeah, that's that's great. It sounds like yeah. a really and it's been, unique you know, We have been recognized by industry very well. They, you know, they treat us as mining. They always call us. They hire our students left and right. You know, it's, yeah, there's no problem. Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's yeah, great. Yeah, we passed sounds... the test in the yeah. industry. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's something you you wouldn't have chosen to do, but it sounds like you adapted really well, and you've got a very unique program. Yeah, uh, it was hard. Fun. We had to go through a lot of um, rotations, a lot of changes. You know, 
the original curriculum has changed a lot over the years. Not a lot, but you know, we just, um, it had, we have to change. I mean, the, you know, the, everything changes. So we have to follow that. Yeah, that, that's great that you changed and adapted. That uh, it's pretty unique. A lot of, uh, I know some programs around the country just stopped having their mining engineering programs. So we lost a couple of options. So it's, it's great that you were able to keep the doors open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to let it happen. Yeah. Who knows, yeah. maybe after I retire, you might. But you know, <laughs> and at that time, it's just that. <laughs> I think there's something in the charter that the land goes back to the original landholders if, if, if there's no mining. The mining program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, you know, our um, our uh, new president, uh, yeah. um, you know, his background is geology and mm. you know, he mm. has worked in mining and he appreciates mining. Um, not just, hey, you know, university needs mining. It's just the... Yeah community the, the civilization yeah. needs mining he he right. says that i mean he has says that openly in a lot of meetings you know hmm. he always pulls when he, when the discussion comes up he pulls out his cell phone and waves it in the air you know say well look at this you know without mining we can't have that so it's good to have that kind of attitude he's very active with the new mexico mining association he's actually a board member and uh, so that's good you know, the previous administration wasn't as supportive. They, mm. And uh, it's been challenging for us to, um, to survive and grow because we are a small department after all. Um, right. Our undergraduate is um, smallest engineering. Uh, however, our graduate program is very big. Last year, um, we graduated more masters than any other department. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So that is what really has kept us, um, you know, we were under the radar for a long time and the administration for obvious reasons, they looked at numbers, the bean counters. So, right. they, you know, um, fortunately we have been able to survive, but I have to mention that uh, it has been the alumni and industry support that has covered majority of our shortcomings in terms of finances. Oh, that's I, I, it's very hard for me to go to the administration and justify asking for a new position because we're just too small. That's, mm. you know, we have mechanical engineering here with, I don't know, 250 students and our undergraduates right now is 15. So there's a big difference. So we know where the money goes. And, uh, I'm not sure there was even a mechanical engineering degree when you and I went to school there. Oh, no. I mean, I yeah. It. Yeah, right now we, we have mechanical, electrical, chemical, civil that are new. We have uh, technical communication, which is the only non-engineering science. Okay. And we also have uh, management, business management. It's not a big department, but um, they're their graduate program is engineering management. Hmm. Yeah, so um, it has grown. And yeah. uh, one big loss, in my opinion, was losing the um, mineral processing program, metallurgical engineering. Ah, uh, yeah. They gradually converted to materials engineering. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, huh. um, 
I think that was right now, if you look at the needs of the industry, um, you know, processing people are hard to find. Majority mm -hmm. of the companies, they just hiring chemical engineers. Chemical engineers, right. A lot yeah. of our graduates, chemical engineering graduates, uh, get jobs on mining sites. Yeah. Yeah, so um, they just take them and train them. A lot of the processing in most mines is kind of a black box and they, you know, shouldn't be too hard to train somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, the chemical engineers don't tend to know anything about sieve analyses and frothers and reagents and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> Thickeners and, and things like that. But yeah, they, they can adapt for sure. Yeah, we actually get uh, civil engi uh, <clears throat> chemical engineers either do a minor in mining, so they do take some of our courses. Uh, I have had mechanical engineers doing minor because, you know, mining companies do hire mechanical yeah. engineers as well. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of civil engineers uh, do minor because they want to uh, look at the opportunities. You know, they kind of see that mining engineers make more money than civil engineers. So that is <laughs> yeah. kind of maybe a, a drive <laughs> for them to take right. some extra classes. Yeah. And it's it's easy easy for them to do because they take a lot of they take all the geotech courses from us. Mm -hmm. right. We teach all the geotech courses to civil engineers. Yeah. So they have already done enough courses from us. So it's still not that many additional courses they need to get a minor in mineral engineering. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Well, Navid, we've covered a lot of information today and we're, we're kind of running up against the clock here, but is there any key takeaways or pearls of wisdom that you wanted to leave us with? Well, uh, gee, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's afternoon around nap time. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, related to what? Related to... Uh, education related to mining <laughs> oh yeah any any topic you wish yeah i don't know uh i just you know just staying with the with the business of mining uh we do we try to do a lot of recruiting and uh it's very interesting that how um I don't know what correct word is. I don't want to use ignorant or how misinformed people are about um, mining, about what mining does. And, uh, you know, the tagline yeah. I always use, it's not mine, it's everywhere. <laughs> and I always say, if it can be grown, it has to be mine. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, that I always think that's really the word of wisdom that should be shared uh, with people who don't appreciate um, what we do in the mining industry. Yeah, and, yeah, and you know what? Recruiting is really important because I I knew I was going to be a mining engineer, but one day there was a little kiosk in in the hallway in my high school in Colorado, and it happened to be New Mexico Tech, and they're just giving out a little bit of information, and uh, that was the one and only school that I applied to, and I'm really happy that I had that experience. But yeah, it all goes yeah. back to that recruiting at that kiosk but there. I would have never gone to Socorro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, when we do recruiting, and it's very interesting and uh, kind of 
uplifting when you know you talk to the parents you talk to you know the the kid yeah they go wow is this this is really what mining is about this is what mining engineers do you know there is there is always a, a wow effect of course from time to time we have you know the parent comes and you know presses and uh, uh walks by and uh, which is fine that's just the nature of the beast but you know if i can get 50% of the visitors have the wow effect that's that's a great achievement <laughs> yeah yeah that's great, yeah. That's great. well yeah. Well, great, Naveed. I really appreciate you spending time with me, and it's always nice to catch up with you. And one of these yeah, days, sure. we'll sure, see yeah. each other at a conference again when we when uh, the doors open back up for that kind of thing. Yeah, I even decided not to bother with the conference this year. You know, they wanted yeah. to do everything virtual. I said, "Now forget yeah. it." Yeah, same, same, yeah. same here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll get back to normal days one one of these days at least. One of these days, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Naveed, thanks again. And no, we'll thank you. you. My soon. pleasure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rocking.